the writer Anne Lamott has famously said that human beings do things that make Jesus want to drink gin out of the cat bowl. <laughs> well, reading this text right back at you, Jesus, this parable is impossible. We hear it and start to hyperventilate about all the people it's very hard to forgive. Our mental math begins. Bad politicians, puppy kickers, demanding friends, aggravating family, terrible bosses, extremists of every kind, abusers, predators. There is a long list of people who do not deserve our forgiveness. And we are certainly in a long season of rage in our country. Anger is so addictive, isn't it? It gives us the illusion of power. We want more and more of it. It feeds on itself. We feel so helpless, so powerless in the face of such tremendous bad behavior. And anger gives us that feeling that we have some kind of power. We see that in the parable. The first servant sees how powerless he is with this huge debt. And as soon as it's forgiven, he takes that feeling out on the next person. Like many parables, this is a teaching story, so everything is exaggerated. So we really get the point. Huge debts beyond our comprehension. This is Jay-Z or Jeff Bezos' money. And the parable is based on the idea that wealthy people had middle managers to squeeze the people below them. The idea was to pass as much money up the line and hold on to as much money as you could. This is preying on small farmers, fisher people, everybody who's a tenant. The goal is to acceptable cash flow up and not down. We can imagine the weight off the servant's shoulders when the burden is forgiven. It's like having your mortgage paid off, your student loans forgiven, your housing free for the rest of your life. It changes his whole life. And it should be changing a lot of other lives down the line too. He could forgive all of those other debts that people owe him. But he repays the gift of forgiveness and freedom by using his power with rage. And so Peter frames his question about forgiveness as another member of the church, someone you have a relationship with. These are instructions for people we're connected to. But even so, I think Jesus is asking a lot. He has an interesting view of forgiveness. He says it's like running a marathon or getting a graduate degree, woodworking or making gourmet food. It takes practice. We don't get it right the first time, the second time, the third time. And so Jesus gets us out of the math business. All of us can count up to seven. But once you get beyond that, you need to keep a record. If you're ticking off forgiveness in your little book or keeping a list on your phone, you're going to lose track. Did I forgive that person last week or no? How about the guy last month? I'm not sure. Should I give myself a mulligan or no? It's impossible to keep track. And so when you do it that much, it becomes the way we live. It's like brushing our teeth or taking a shower. After a while, we take it for granted. So Jesus says, don't start with the partner who ruined your life with the person who stole all your money. 
Don't start with a boss that yells all the time and demeans you. Don't start with a friend who sucks out your self-esteem. Don't start with the hard stuff. Start with the neighbor whose yard sign you hate. Start with a person who lets their dog poop on your lawn. Start with the online comments and silently wish them well. Work up to friends and family members. Spend the first 76 or the first 700 working on people that take up two parking spaces. The person in the express line with 29 things. People who eat the last thing and put the container away. Start there and work your way up so we can get out of the math business. Because when we try to measure forgiveness, we start in the wrong place. We measure ourselves as givers instead of as receivers. We begin in the same place as the servant that owed the jillions and jillions of dollars. We've received such abundant grace from God. We begin as people who've gotten a gift. And so the question for us is how we're going to repay the gift. Forgiveness sets us free. It doesn't mean we're having the person over for dinner. We're not getting them a Christmas gift. We might not even stay in a relationship with them. Bless and release, a friend of mine always says. Bless and release, bless and release. I always thought she meant she was releasing the other person. But now I see she's releasing herself. We're releasing ourselves when we do that. And so Jesus is setting us free. Free from random rage. Free from being upset by strangers and neighbors. Free from counting. By the time we've done this, 70 times 7, it's such a habit that we live with grace and assume people are doing the best they can. We give them the benefit of the doubt. It's impossible. And still we try. It's impossible. And still we see how much we've been given and how slow we are to pass it on. It's impossible. And somehow God extends that grace to us. And so we do not have to drink gin out of the cat bowl because we have that peace that God gives us. Amen.